Before we begin today's show, I just have to let you guys know that we currently have merch on sale. I'm talking about hoodies. I'm talking about t-shirts. Lowrez.live slash store. Items are constantly popping up and disappearing, so check it out while you can and consider buying because every single purchase you make on that website helps this show and everything that is peripheral to it in ways that you can't even imagine. Alternatively, if you're a fan of audiobooks, and you know, I heard these Russo brothers, we're talking about Endgame today, obviously. These Russo brothers picked up a a novel that I had started reading recently called Cherry. And I gotta tell you, I wish it were in the Safdie brothers' hands instead. But, again, if you're a fan of the audiobooks, and I was listening to an audiobook of that, Cherry, go to audibletrial.com slash lowres, excuse me, I was gonna say movies, uh, and you can get yourself a free audiobook, and you can cheat the system. I've been over this many times before. They still haven't revoked their sponsorship of this program in spite of that. But if you were to sign up via that, that link, audibletrial.com slash if you were to do that and cancel after you pick out your free audiobook, they are going to try to persuade you otherwise, either with a discounted subscription or a free audiobook that maybe will hopefully get you to change your mind and stick around, which you can claim and then you know do away with immediately after, especially with that second one. You know you can get two audiobooks for the price of zero thanks to that free trial, audibletrial.com/lores, and then trash them, and then Bezos gets absolutely nothing, which would be nice, right? So consider doing that, audibletrial.com/lores, and on with the show. This is movies. This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. I'm your host, Lores, and today we are discussing Avengers Endgame. He used the stones again. Hey, we'd be going in shorthanded, you know? Look, he's still got the stones, so... So let's get him. Use them to bring everyone back. Just like that. Yeah, just like that. You know, I don't know why I do this to myself. Every single time I go to the theater and I see a new Marvel movie, I go in with the mindset that I'm going to be disappointed by this. This is going to be exactly what I expect it to be. And then it does wind up being exactly what I expected it to be. And I wind up disappointed and frustrated with myself for falling for their marketing campaign or uh, the sentimental, uh, nostalgic vampirism that they put out there through their advertisements and etc i did see endgame because i look I, I really have no good excuse for it i just wound up seeing this movie i had seen infinity war and I, i'll tell you what at the point of i want to say might have been guardians of the galaxy 2 i decided to myself i have fallen out of touch with what these movies are doing and what they mean to people and what 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 the appeal of these films are. I saw Infinity War because I thought, okay, well, things are going to come to a close. I might as well hop back in. I, 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 I had not seen Black Panther or uh, Spider-Man Homecoming in theaters. I wound up seeing a bootleg of that. I bought it off some Chinese guy near the subway for $7. And, and Endgame is like the real deal ending if you're a fan of those original movies and i'll tell you what i didn't hate the marvel studios films from the jump no 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 no. on the contrary 
I skipped my my day of junior high or or yeah to go see the Iron Man movie premiere when nobody even knew that that was gonna launch twenty something films over ten years and I love or I loved that first Iron Man movie but there came a point around twenty twelve or so where these stopped being films and I'm not being the pretentious art house. Fagola, who says, oh, there's a difference between films and movies, because I don't think that there is. But these stopped being movies around that time in order to become soap operas. And every single year you get two to three Marvel films, and structurally they are the exact same as one another. And there are ultimately no consequences delivered, even when there seem to be. So if a major character dies in one of these movies, you can almost bank on the fact that they will be back within a film or two. To me, Infinity War was the ultimate no-consequences film, because you're seeing Spider-Man die, you're seeing the Guardians of the Galaxy die, Black Panther, who just had a mega-hit of a movie, just, just evaporated. Yeah, okay, you expect me to believe this? You don't even have to be a Marvel Comics fan to sit in the theater and think, okay, well, this is all going to be undone by the second movie. And the second movie, Endgame, which was released today in theaters, was, of course, largely about undoing that. And I'll tell you what, I'm not very keen on the Marvel folklore or or the cosmic battles that go... Look, I read Spider-Man comics when I was a kid. I, I read a little bit of the X-Men, maybe a Fantastic Four magazine here and there. That's about it. So I, everything that was occurring here, everything that I knew or could expect, aside from the uh, general predictability of the film, was all based off secondhand knowledge or things I had read on Wikipedia over the years. You know, things of that that matter. The entire point of this movie, Endgame, which I'll say right up front, is I won't call it far superior, but it is a big step up from Infinity War. The conceit of the film is it's essentially back to the future, right? You're, you're revis- It's like a greatest hits movie where you have these heroes going back in time, fighting their past selves, and entering the domains of these older movies like the first Avengers film and uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 1, which is kind of cool. I'll, I'll, I'll give it that. It's an interesting conceit. And... So for that reason, I guess I was at least more consistently entertained with Endgame as opposed to Infinity War, which felt like a PlayStation game. It felt like, okay, it didn't even feel like a full PlayStation game. It felt like a level. It felt like a mission you were on where every six minutes or so there had to be this new giant CGI battle and, you know, you're going to have it in New York or you're going to have it in the plains of Wakanda. And it's just tiresome. You know, I was watching uh, the Angry Video Game Nerd, which I don't really do as often nowadays because he just seems exhausted. But I was watching one of his uh, video store rental or rental review. I don't know the name of the series, but where he's being himself and he's talking with about three to four slobby looking men. And he was talking about how he had reached a point with this series where the Marvel films were just not cutting it for him. He, too felt disconnected and bored as a result of the direction that these movies have gone in. And I felt so much relation 
to that feeling where, again, it, it could just be that I've outgrown these movies because the general consumer base, where they're trying to make their money is 10-year-old boys. And I guess 10-year-old girls now with Captain Marvel. And I, I will get into the direction that the Marvel Studios canon will be taking after this film because I think that is definitely something that needs to be discussed and noted because this studio is about to implode. They, I, I, I genuinely think that we are right on the cusp of DC and Marvel Comics switching places because I don't know if they have as clear of a vision for their next phase without a lot of their major stars uh, as many may think that they do. But I'll get to that in a moment. My feeling by the end of Endgame was that the impact of this movie was not necessarily as strong as it needed to be. Because the vibe that was being built up going into this movie and going into Infinity War was this is going to be a permanent goodbye to a lot of the major heroes like Iron Man, uh, Thor, uh, Captain America. You're not going to see these guys around anymore. And I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case because I know that... Hey, look. I'm, I'm going to spoil the movie, and I already have spoiled it quite a bit, but Iron Man's dead. He's fucking gone. He's, he's, he's toast, all right? Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr., you could tell in the last film, and also in Spider-Man Homecoming and Civil War, to be honest with you, uh, that he was just, he was, he was finished. You know, he had no energy for this anymore. There was no interest. There was no love for these movies, and I, I don't blame him because it's not, you know, you're working on these, and how much of it is, like, genuine acting? You're standing in front of a green screen, you're talking to a tennis ball with a rod attached to it, and you're trying to emote the best you can. It's it's great money, I'm sure, and, you know, it's going to keep his bills paid forever, uh, as if his career prior to Iron Man wouldn't have done that already. If you're somebody who is a very talented actor, and I think Robert Downey Jr. is one of the best actors in the history of film, to be stuck in this Tony Stark mold cannot be very creatively satisfying. And I have a feeling that he probably won't come back to these movies. I, you know, let's let's assume that Marvel just keeps going strong into eternity, right? You cut you cut ahead 20 more years. If he were to come back in 20 years and become like the new Stan Lee where he's just doing a cameo at age 75 in every single Marvel film, that might be one thing. But I can't see him hopping back on board now that he's entering his golden years. You know, he's he's over 50 now. He probably wants to get into uh, films that are going to enrich his spirit and potentially get him some nominations. Now, Chris Evans, on the other hand, you know, he said he's done, right? But, he, you know, he, I, I don't think so. I really don't think so. I think he will be back, and I think they expect him to be back because... <laughs> I gotta turn my phone off during this. This is very unprofessional. I'm sorry to take you guys out of the moment there. Unbelievable. People need to learn. People need to pick up on the sense that I am occupied when they try to text me. Chris Evans is what I was getting at. Chris Evans, I have a feeling he'll be back within five years because he's not particularly talented as an actor. And I know that's an unpopular opinion. But take a look at his filmography outside of these movies. And it's not really impressive, is it? I mean, what's what's the best movie that he did outside of Captain America? Was it uh, The Iceman? 
It could be. I, I, I don't know much about Chris Evans. I know he's a, an ambitious guy. He's got a social media platform for politics. It's launching soon. But what does he have as far as acting goes? Not another teen movie? Great. He'll be back within five years. Again, As I, before I was interrupted, I do think that Marvel anticipates him coming back to the Captain America role because... Captain America has to exist in this timeline in some way, shape, or form, right? And in the comic books, that shield gets passed off to other people. I believe Bucky Barnes becomes Captain America at one point, and that's obviously Sebastian Stan in these movies, the Winter Soldier. So I think a lot of people were expecting him to take up the mantle. And I don't know if Sebastian Stan quite has that uh, charismatic leading man power to him like Chris Evans has, but I'll tell you who certainly doesn't. Anthony Mackie, who is going to be the new Captain America now. That movie ends on the note of Chris Evans, what, Steve Rogers, excuse me, passing the mantle on to Anthony Mackie. And Anthony Mackie's a fine actor, but he cannot command a solo film. And, and I don't expect them to rush into Captain America 4 with Anthony Mackie as Captain America. I think that would be a big misfire, and I don't know if it would be interesting for a lot of people. Uh, I, but there is no real shape that the next phase of Marvel seems to be taking. Although, I will say that the Fox merger is probably going to give them a booster shot in terms of where their ventures can at least lead to. Because I can't see people rushing to the theater to go see and support Captain Marvel 2 even though it was a mega hit as well earlier this year, Brie Larson, she's just not on the same level as Robert Downey Jr. or any of these guys who have been uh, leading the films. If, if you were to have a Black Widow film, which I don't know if that's even going to happen now because, you know, she's toast as well. Uh, but I think it was in development. And I think it still is in development. You know, that would be that would be one thing. Hulk, you could see that happening. Thor, Probably, but I, I thought that Chris Hemsworth was out as well, but maybe not. You know, he's not dead in this movie, so anything's anything can happen. The point I was trying to get at, and I wound up, you know, trailing off, getting very distracted, was that I expected more characters to permanently die off, but it seems like, you know, they're only, or they're primarily interested in suctioning off of this this cow that uh, provides so, so rich of milk to these actors' bank accounts, and it's kind of pathetic, to be honest with you. I mean, how much money do you really need? I'd be satisfied with $25,000 in my bank account. These 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 people? Millions. Millions. They want to be set for life. They want to be trapped in these molds. I, you know, Jeremy Renner, that's, that guy was a very talented actor. He was an interesting actor. I, I believe he played Jeffrey Dahmer in some film. He was great in The Hurt Locker, almost won Best Actor at the Academy Awards. What is he doing now? What is he known for? He's, he's the fifth Avenger. Great. What else? Actors are going to be actors. I didn't really have any expectations as far as that went, hoping that they would permanently cut ties with Marvel because, you know, why would you? Why would you? If you adore money, if you adore wealth, why would you ever do a thing like that? I don't know. So Endgame, it had some positive aspects to it that I did not find in Infinity War, which, again was very generic and repetitive. I did enjoy 
uh, the elements of time travel that were introduced in this film. I was a fan of The Flash for, for quite a while, but... Um, you know, I don't I don't really keep up with the comic books anymore, and I certainly don't watch that terrible CW series. All of those shows went to hell. The first season of The Flash is Kino, okay? Everything after that, not so much. And Arrow, you know, Supergirl, I you couldn't pay me to watch those shows. Absolutely not. But the Marvel the Marvel saga could be spiraling to its conclusion. I think that is a real possibility here. Because as I've already noted, I don't think that Captain Marvel is going to be strong enough to uh, carry the rest of the, the universe here. They've got Black Panther, they've got Spider-Man, they've got maybe Thor, and beyond that, I'm not sure where else they can go. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was a shit heap. It was awful. There was no reason for it to be awful, but it just felt incredibly safe and repetitive when the first movie did not. In short, you know, if you've spent the past 15 years watching these movies, I couldn't imagine a bigger waste of time. You know, that's your mortality literally going down the drain. It's just, it's it's disappearing right in front of your very eyes. Now you're an adult man, you're in line at the theater to go see a cartoon uh, raccoon say snarky lines of dialogue. W what happened? And the critics over at Rotten Tomatoes, you know, I was just tuning into a Red Bar right before I decided to go live on this program. And he had just watched this movie, Under the Silver Lake, which was, uh, the, the filmmaker's name is uh, not coming to mind at the moment. I think his name was Robert David Mitchell, kind of similar name to the star of Peep Show. And this guy did It Follows, and he did Under the Silver Lake, which is his follow-up film. And it was buried this movie was done back in 2017 or late 2016. It was ready to come out. They had a release date for 2018, got pushed back. Then it got pushed back again, I believe. And it just finally came out to VOD this year. And it's getting raked over the coals. We do a lot of complaining on this show, especially this episode right here, where I haven't had uh, much of anything remotely glowing to say about Marvel. And I, I, I do take shots at Rotten Tomatoes quite frequently, but it's because something has changed in the air as far as film criticism goes. And I will play a clip right now from this episode of Red Bar Radio. This is Mike David. He echoes my sentiments perfectly. I wanted to encapsulate this and uh, perhaps spew my own version of it, but it's just so perfectly summed up here. And, uh, you know, you got to give credit where credit is due. So here's the clip. Movie reviews, they don't add up, bro. Uh, you could check them, and they didn't like... You know why they didn't like this movie? Gratuitist. Is that the right word? They didn't like... Uh, the, the reviewers did not like Under the Silver Lake because, oh, the main character is misogynistic. He's uh, nasty towards women. It's the character from the movie! It's not real, folks. They, they're they so screwed up. They also did to the house that Jack built. Maybe. Yes, they did it to the house that Jack built. They go, the character is so anti-woman. No, 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 we're not giving it good marks. This is happening, folks. They're getting confused. They're judging movie movies like they would judge uh, people on Twitter. They completely forgot that this is an art project. So you can't 
listen to that Rotten Tomatoes. You cannot. And they're giving movies, you know, vice versa. They're giving movies high scores, high marks uh, for um, for including women and showing that women, you know, that movie Bumblebee, the Transformers movie, they gave that like a 90 something percent because they loved it. Finally, a woman could be. She was shit. She wasn't a good woman. We give it up for good women here. We give it up for Lizzo. We sure do. She's as fat as they come. We love her. So do not be fooled. I'm so sorry. You have to give up the movie review people. You have to go by me. And so he touches on something there that is absolutely evident, which is that these film critics are indeed reviewing these films with a different kind of mindset than just simply uh, grading a movie as to whether or not it's technically well-made, interesting, and generally speaking, a good a, a good way to spend your time, right? But on top of that, and this is a point that will relate directly to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and also uh, why the earlier DC Universe films have been critically panned for the most part, like Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad was hopeless. That was a terrible movie. Uh, but these movies, and it could also apply to Hellboy, which has gotten abysmal ratings this week. I have not seen it. I can't speak for it. But some film critics that I do trust that happen to reside on Twitter and YouTube are saying that this movie is not nearly as bad as the critics have made it out to be. Which, just at face value, I happen to believe. Even though the trailers themselves looked atrocious, uh, I was never going to see that movie. It's not out of the realm of possibility to think that the Rotten Tomatoes critics just have a disconnect with what quality films may actually be right now. When it comes to the Marvel canon, there's something specifically wrong with these movies where they follow a very strict structure and they want to keep things as open-ended as humanly possible for the sake of profit. Because again, if they kill off your favorite character then that is a risk of losing money. Even if they have to pay that actor uh, millions and millions of dollars. It's better to keep that person in the fold, even if they're uh, dead, and I say dead with quotation marks around it, than just permanently gone. The Marvel Cinematic Universe created a mold that has effectively forced other superhero films to abide by it where it doesn't feel or look like a good movie or a complete comic book film to the general uh, batch of critics that happens to habitate on uh, uh, Rotten Tomatoes <clears throat> unless it meets these particular markers. And Man of Steel was one that absolutely fell short of that in trying to be a real movie. It felt it was like a superhero movie. It was a Superman movie that would have been... Uh, a big blockbuster and loved in 1992. In 2013, not so much. People were more interested in seeing a repeat of Joss Whedon's Avengers than they were a complex, uh, moody, uh, dark and gritty Superman movie, right? And Batman vs. Superman fell into that same trap where Zack Snyder... Regardless of your opinion on him, I think he's a very competent filmmaker, but sometimes he overshoots and gets a little silly when he doesn't mean to be. Uh, Batman vs. Superman is a real movie. 
Now, WB and their executives had this idea in mind that they would just add these elements that they were planning for the DC Extended Universe into this movie in complicated and just downright stupid ways, such as introducing Ezra Miller's Flash with his gas station attendant mustache, which is really a crime. You know, that's underreported right there. Uh, we're always talking about how Henry Cavill wouldn't shave his mustache for Mission Impossible 5 or 6, whatever movie it was, which turned out to be a fantastic film, far superior to Justice League. He made the right call there. Um, you know, that's often talked about. What's not talked about is that disgusting, pencil-thin John Waters mustache that Ezra Miller had as the Flash when he pops up in Bruce Wayne's Batcave. Awful. Atrocious. But to, to just get back onto the subject here, you know, they were, they were planning on, uh, you know, going in the reverse manner, where they were going to explode these characters into their own films, which they wound up doing. And to some degree, it's been a success. You know, Wonder Woman performed well, Aquaman is a huge movie, and they have uh, Shazam now, which has been a hit. So, you know, may maybe maybe there was something to that, even though Batman vs. Superman and Justice League... And also, let's just talk about Justice League for a moment, and how a lot of the aspects of Batman vs. Superman, which, again, happened to be this dark, gritty, ambitious film that wanted to deal with themes and partially adapt... Frank Miller's seminal graphic novel, The Dark Knight Returns, there were aspects to this movie that never unfolded the way that they were intended to, such as Back to the Flash. He's talking about how Lois Lane, Lois Lane is the key. Lois, Lois, Lois. Bruce, protect Lois. Something's going to happen with Lois that turns Superman into a homicidal maniac. Nothing happens with that because Zack Snyder delivers something that's not Marvel-esque. Warner Brothers doesn't see a profit in that. Then... And this is often uh, disregarded. People, uh, film critics especially, like the Collider crew, tried to cover this up for whatever reason. I have no idea why these online film critics were so dismissive of this fact here and uh, desperate to hide it. You know, maybe they are uh, getting some kind of back end from these companies after all. I know that they get invited to premieres and shit, but I don't think they wanted to jeopardize that maybe. Zack Snyder's daughter kills herself. And Warner Brothers starts thinking to themselves, oh, wow, this this is actually, this could be great because now we can save face and say, oh, Zach is taking time off to grieve and mourn over his daughter's death. Yeah, we're going to use that. We're going to roll with that. So, Zach, don't worry. We're not going to say you were fired. We're just going to use your daughter's death to hide the fact that we're bringing in Joss Whedon, who directed that first Avengers, to make this much more... Uh, marvel Make mine marvel. You know? Sorry about your daughter, but fuck off, you know? That's exactly how it unfolded. And nobody wants to talk about that, but I'll say it right now. So, DC has really stumbled and fallen. And then you take a look at Wonder Woman. It's a complete bore, and it's at 94% on Rotten Tomatoes? Something like that. 98%? Because it fits the Marvel mold. Even with a boring, forgettable villain. It is so safe. The only thing that I liked about Wonder Woman was the costume design uh, for the 1940s uh, sequences where they're, yeah. It, it, it reminded me a lot of Batman 89 in in some regard. Uh, Aquaman, I haven't seen that. Can't speak for it. Don't have a whole lot of interest in it. Same with Shazam. Uh, this this, this uh, mold to perfection has led to my utter disinterest in the comic book genre, which is unfortunate because I was really satisfied with how things were going in the beginning. 
with both Marvel and DC, and it's evolved into something that I view as a brain cancer, truly. There's something that is genuinely nefarious in play when it comes to Disney, and there is a reason why they have swooped in to buy all of the favorite properties of your childhood, right? They had, they had, of course, their own library of films that uh, already produce feelings of nostalgia in people. But then they had to go and buy Star Wars. They had to go and buy Marvel. Now they have the Marvel characters of Fox. And they create these movies that, on the surface, you would look at them and think, okay, this is for a 12-year-old boy or a 12-year-old girl. And they design it in a way to get the most out of the 18 to 35-year-old audience, which is already having a difficult time maturing into adulthood as it is. And because these films are so simplistic in their plots and their filmic devices, they don't require much thought to watch and enjoy. And it, and it creates, it, or rather, it, it enforces a very lazy mindset in people. And I view this as culturally destructive. I think the internet plays into that, but I also think that the media plays into that. What kind of entertainment is being consumed absolutely has an effect on how people think and act. And there has obviously been a shift in the way that adults are today, as opposed to 30 years ago even, where you know you see these 30-year-olds that are bad at adulting and... This is the kind of movie that they're watching. They're watching Endgame. They're watching uh, Dumbo. They're watching that Lion King remake that is uh, supposedly live action, even though it's like 95% CGI. So, um, again, don't waste your time with these movies if you have any say in the matter. If you have kids and, and, you know, you're, you're stuck in a situation where, oh, little Billy wants to go see... The new Captain America film starring Anthony Mackie. You know, just uh, just make him watch uh, you know, 400 Blows. You know? <laughs> that'll 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 whet his appetite. You know, I don't know. I I just feel exhausted even talking about this. It's been a very tiresome 10, 20 years. How long has this been going on for? Too long. Too long. Anyway, that's been movies for this week. Never watching another one of these fucking movies again. The worst. Awful. Endgame was okay. It was okay. Look, it was okay. If I had to genuine, Genuinely, if I had to rate it, if I had to give it a, a Marvel rating, right? If I'm just going by the standard that Marvel movies have set, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a top-tier Marvel film. As far as cinema goes in general, it's a 5 out of 10. The acting is better here. The plot devices... They're, they're better, but what does that even mean? What does that say? It's terrible. It's all awful. And there's no saving it either, because Disney and Warner Brothers, the, and Sony is going to be gone in the next 10 years. I assure you of that. Uh, Disney's just going to keep buying up more and more properties. You're going to go to the movies, you're going to see either a Disney film or a Warner Brothers film, and it's going to be one of these movies. It's going to be one of these soap operas that you've shilled out uh, $50 to go see in IMAX and drink with a big sugary Coke and uh, popcorn that tastes like, uh, you know, vape oil. It's going to be great. Great time. Great time at the great time with the family at the New Beverly Cinema where, you know, the armrest doesn't even go up. I'm going to pay $70 for that. 
That's how I'm going to spend my time. That's what I'm going to teach my kids, that you can get walked over, walked all over by uh, the, the frozen head of an old Nazi. How about that? Fuck! These, no, but really, these movies are terrible. They really are. Just, just don't go. Just ignore this show, too. Don't, just pretend like I didn't even talk about this. You know? Pretend like I didn't release this days in advance of the Tuesday episode for, for clicks, for downloads, in hopes that someone will agree with me and subscribe. How about that? How about just just go watch, uh, go, go watch, uh, you know, Taxi Driver. Go, go, go do that. That's, that's a good movie. It's pretty good. Cinematography is good. Music is good. Paul Schrader, he's a, he's a nut, but he's a great writer. Love that guy. Russo Brothers, who? Trying to do a Hitchcock cameo in this movie? Terrible. Awful. What is that supposed to be cute? These old fat Italian men? Just popping up on screen like they're like they're Chris Hemsworth, just like another actor in the scene. Get fucked. 